today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If your wife is secure that she's the most important person to you next to the Lord, the most valuable person to you, then you're free. And conversely, if she's insecure in her importance to you, her value to you, that's a recipe for disaster. What's that phrase? Happy wife, happy life. It has, it's a, it's a valid biblical truth. Does your spouse feel secure in the love that you have for them? In today's message from Pastor J.D., he explains that it's important for your spouse to know the deep love that you have for them. They need to feel protected, secure, and supported. Take the time this week to express to your spouse how much you love them. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Song of Songs, Chapter 8, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 5. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I awakened you under the apple tree. There your mother brought you forth. There she who bore you brought you forth. Again, very poetic, very picturesque. So it's a rhetorical question. Who is this coming from the wilderness? Well, she knows who it is. It's the one upon whom she can lean. Lean on, depend on, rely on, to be there for her, to lean on for strength, to rely on. Boy, I'll tell you, even today preparing for the teaching and the Bible study tonight, I was sort of musing about the opposite of this when you don't lean on the Lord. And instead, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you lean on your own understanding. You lean on your own wisdom, your own strength, your own savvy, and not on the Lord. And what she is saying here is, I am so secure in you. I lean upon you. And here's the other thing, I can sleep soundly. I, I, I sleep great. Why? Because I'm secure. I'm safe. I, I don't fear of anything in the night. I can, I can sleep underneath this apple tree. Just take a, a nap. Oh, what would that be like? I can't take naps. I try. I quit trying, but I think the last time I tried, I, middle of the day, right? I'm trying to take, I'm so tired. I'm just laying in bed, looking at the ceiling thinking about everything that I have to do. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to, oh, please Lord, I, I'm praying, I'm, I'm, you know, praying in my prayer language, Lord, please, just, just a quick nap, just to kind of recharge. And so I close my eyes and, you know, I start singing. You do this? I start singing, you know, in my mind, not out loud. That, that's not going to help me sleep. <laughs> so I'm singing in my mind, you know, just, you know, songs to Him, hymns to Him. And, um, And then about 10 minutes later, I I get up because why? (laughs) 
Um, I haven't closed the file. There's an unsettled, unfinished thing that doesn't allow me to. What she's saying here is, no problem. I, I can sleep. I'm leaning on Him. I'm depending upon Him. It doesn't depend on me. It's not my own strength. My security is not in self. You know that, yeah, i got to be careful here, because whenever I talk about this, I, well, what's new? And that's my lot in life. This phrase, stay with me, self-confidence. Why are you looking at me like that? I want you to think about those two words together. Self-confidence? What is self-confidence? I know this is going to be deeply profound. Confidence in self. Oh, okay. I see how it is. You don't need me. You're confident in yourself. Self-confident. Self-reliant is roommates with self-confident. And she's saying, no, no, no. I, I sleep safe and sound. I'm secure in you. My reliance and my dependence is upon you. Verse 6, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. You know what she's saying here? She's saying, I am signed, sealed, and delivered. You sealed me. You sealed the deal with me. And so much so that death is inconsequential. And jealousy, as cruel as it is, unfazed. Because I'm sealed. You've sealed me. You've set me upon your heart. My heart is settled. My heart is sealed. You know, when we come to Christ, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are sealed. It is sealed. It is a done deal sealed. That didn't come out at all like I had hoped it would. I think again you get the point. This speaks to this seal of strength being unbreakable. And we're going to see a continued thought here in verse 7. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. Are you kidding me? Come on. You know what she's saying here? Their love is so secure, there's no flood water that could quench it or drown it, nor is there any amount of wealth that could be exchanged for it. One could try to give all of the mass wealth that he has in exchange for it, it would be laughable in comparison. That's how secure and immovable their love is. And do you see how this pictures how secure we are in His love for us. On Sunday in the 
prophecy update, we're going to reference Romans chapter 8. We reference that chapter a lot, and for good reason, where Paul very explicitly says that there is nothing. Floodwaters, forget it. Massive wealth, not a chance. Demons, principalities, nothing high or low, deep or wide, no created thing. I mean, it covers everything. There is no one or no thing that can separate you from the love that God has for you. Don't even think about it. That's what she's saying. That's how secure I am. (laughs) Oh, you want to try that? Come on, bring it. Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) No chance. You know what this means, right? There's nothing you can do, nor is there anything anyone can do to make God love you less. That should settle you. That should seal the deal right there. But see, again, the enemy's right there. I don't want to give him too much press coverage here, but he's right there, isn't he? It's kind of like, I don't know. That was bad. I know, it was really bad. You know, if I were you, I'd, I'd kind of lay low for a while. You know, God's not real happy with you right now. <laughs> And even unspoken is this lie from the father of lies that, you know, he doesn't love you as much as he loves sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, because they didn't do that. See, the way we think, wrongly, by the way, is we look at some people and we say, oh, of course, look at them. God loves them. Look at me. God doesn't love me that much. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. And not only does he love you that much, there's nothing that can happen, no thing that could ever happen to separate you from that love that he has for you. Verse 8 gets a little bit gnarly here, so again, hang in there with me. We have a little sister and she has no breasts. (laughs) What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If, verse 9, she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement of silver. And if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. Okay, what's this about? All right. To me, This speaks to the insecurity of immaturity. Let me say the same thing in a different way. You know, when you're young, you're insecure. When you're immature, you're vulnerable, and especially more prone to being insecure. So what she's saying here, really it's the brothers that are, you know, speaking about her in her younger years. And what they're saying is, in her insecurity and immaturity, we need to shore her up. We need to protect her so she's secure and safe. And again, this is a cultural thing too in the Middle East. If a woman, a a young woman, is sexually immoral, 
and sins, it brings such dishonor and shame upon the family name that you cannot even be seen in public. That's how serious it is. So the brothers are very invested in protecting the honor of their sisters. That's again a cultural dynamic. So what we're going to do during this season in her life is we're going to build doors to enclose her, protect her, so she's safe and secure. And we're also going to build walls and towers around her so that she's safe and secure. That's the Lord. He's the door that encloses us, secures us. He's the high tower, our strength, (laughs) our high tower. What a beautiful picture. Verse 10, I am a wall, and my breasts like towers. And let your imagination go too wild on that one. Then I became in his eyes as one who found peace. She's saying here basically this, and I'll say it again. Uh, I have total peace and security in Him. The towers, I'm secure. The wall, I'm safe. In the ancient times, it was the wall around the city that secured and kept, kept safe those in the city. You break down those walls, you got them. For those of you that have been to Israel with us, they are referred to as tells, mountains, hills. What are are tells, mountains, hills? They're conquered cities built upon new cities that were then conquered, built upon the ruins of those cities, conquered, built upon those. And you have in this hill, this tell, layers of conquered cities. Do you want to know how they conquered the cities? Because those those cities had walls. In fact, we see references to unwalled cities being insecure and defenseless. The wall is what protected them. So you know how they conquered the cities? They would take, because they couldn't get to the wall or break down the wall. Remember Jericho? That was the exception, by the way. (laughs) Those walls came a-tumbling down. It's going to remind some of you of that song in Sunday school when you were a child. But those city walls that protected Jericho came tumbling down. Now, you have to get through or past or around somehow that wall if you're going to conquer a city. So what they would do to conquer the city is they would cut off the water supply to the city. They would find the water source that supplied the city, and its walls, forget it, no need, cut off their water, and we got them. You see where I'm going with this? This is how Satan defeats us. He cuts off the water supply of God's Word, and the walls of our Christian lives become inconsequential of no use. That's how they get conquered. And that's how Satan conquers us. And it should never be, (laughs) because we're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors. But it speaks to the profound and paramount importance 
of the Word of God. And that's, by the way, what we're going to talk about as well on Sunday morning in our Second Timothy study, chapter 3. Lord willing, we'll finish chapter 3, verses, I think it's 14 through 17. The importance of the Word of God. Never move from it. Never stray from it. Never lose confidence in it. If you do, it's to your own peril. You're a sitting duck. And it's just a matter of time, and Satan's got you. If he cuts off that water supply, he cuts off the source of your life, the water of God's Word. Verse 11, Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Hamon. He leased the vineyard to keepers. Everyone was to bring for its fruit a thousand silver coins. My own vineyard is before me. You, O Solomon, may have a thousand, and those who tend its fruit, two hundred. Now, this is really important. This is one of those places where, again, bear with me, it has profound personal application, and so too does it have profound uh, spiritual implications. Let's start with the personal application. Husbands, your wives need to know how valuable they are, your wives are, in, in your eyes. I, there's that gift of botching it again. Let me try that again. Your wives, guys, need to be secure in your value of them. That there is no one or no thing that to you next to the Lord is more valuable to them, more important to them. I don't care how many vineyards, again, how much wealth, what, what it is. We in the eyes of the Lord, here's the spiritual application, are of value. Matthew 6, Jesus illustrates, you could just picture him there on the side of the hillside there, affectionately referred to now as the Mount of Beatitudes, overlooking the beautiful Sea of Galilee. And he uses the birds of the air, and he, he says, your father takes care of them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And why are you freaking out and worried and all insecure? What am I going to do? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? And he points to the flowers, the lilies of the field. He says, look how beautiful those flowers are. You know what? They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. They don't last. Yet your heavenly Father clothes them with, I mean, spectacular splendor. Not even Solomon in all of his splendor was clothed as one of these lilies of the field that is here today and gone tomorrow. And again, the point is, if your heavenly Father does that for that lily, how much more value are you to Him? That lily was not created in His image. That bird was not created in His image. You were. You are so valuable to Him. Back to the husband-wife relationship. I'm sorry again if this is discombobulating, but I just want to make, make one more point. If your wife is secure that she's the most important person to you, next to the Lord, the most valuable person to you, then you're free. And conversely, if she's insecure, 
in her importance to you, her value to you, that's a recipe for disaster. What's that phrase? Happy wife, happy life. It has, it's a, it's a valid biblical truth. Ask Peter. He writes it like this, by the Holy Spirit. Husbands, you better dwell with your wives in an understanding way, because they're joint heirs. They're weaker physically, but they're not inferior spiritually. And here's the thing, if you don't dwell with them in understanding, if they're not valuable to you, and you don't value them, then when you pray, it's going to bounce off the ceiling. How about that? Your prayers will be hindered. Listen, I don't need my prayers bouncing off the ceiling, okay? I need my prayers to reach the throne. So God connects the efficacy of our prayers to how we as husbands treat our wives. That's how serious that is. That's how important that is. All right, let's finish the chapter and with it the Bible study in the book, verse 13 and 14. You who dwell in the gardens, the companions listen for your voice. Let me hear it. Make haste, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. Wow. You know what she's saying, right? She's saying, hurry up and come back. (laughs) I mean, I'm secure, I'm good, but I know you're going to return and come back. You know where I'm going with this, right? What a perfect way to finish such a poignant and poetic book. We as the bride, Lord, Don't tarry, don't delay, make haste, return, come Lord Jesus, Maranatha, Lord come quickly. That's the return, that's the rapture. Sorry, I just yelled that. Let me try that again, I'll be more pastoral. That is the rapture that is speaking of. (laughs) That's what she's expressing. Lord, I, I, I want you to make haste and come back. I, I, I can hear your voice. I'm secure in your love, but I know you're coming back. Make haste. Don't delay. Return speedily like a gazelle. In our day, I don't know that, I mean, you, you probably have to watch a YouTube video and search gazelle, how fast they run, or a young stag to see. They, they're fast. They're fast. That's what she's saying. Come quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's easy to read through the book of Song of Songs and think it only applies to couples. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listened to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.